Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Friday. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Locked On Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, the show daily. Also, subscribe wherever you get your podcast to be able to listen to the show each and every day. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Your support means the world. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, I want to take the opportunity to talk a little football. And so what I've done, I've called on a new friend, Del Barris from Ball Durham, joining us here on the program today. Dale, the time is greatly appreciated. Here we are a third of the way through the Duke football season already. It seems like it's flying by before you even know it. It's the fastest time of the year. Football season always just flies by, and I think it's because you're just anticipating week after week after week. But it goes quickly. It certainly does. It goes very quick, and next thing you know, we'll be into uh, the conference play starting tomorrow, and then we'll be counting down the days until Duke basketball season gets up and running, and uh, a lot to discuss here. So you look at this Duke football team, Mike Elko in year one taking over this Duke football program, and I would say if you ask just about anybody out there on the streets, they're quite surprised by just the energy that all of a sudden is surrounding this Duke program. What do you make of this? I think it's great. Um, you know, Coach Elko has come in and he's changing the culture of the program. Um, I think one thing he's done is you know, when you win game, you get excited, but he's gotten the students involved, it seems like. Um, I believe they expanded the student section, student section at Wallace Wade Stadium, but uh, he's giving them a reason to be excited. This team is fun. You know, I, I haven't written about um, the Duke football program program for very long, but I can tell you, they had me excited um, from the very beginning. Um, I, I like this team a lot. They're a lot of fun. They are. I think the fact that uh, not many people expected much out of them has to deal with a little bit of that level of excitement. This team knows what they were capable of. Mike Elko knew what he was walking into, a program that did go 3-9 and nine last season. It's important to remember that there were very high and proud moments of the 14-year tenure of David Cutcliffe. But it was just time for a change. And so we've seen a breath of fresh air, a younger guy in Mike Elko getting his first opportunity to be a head football coach. And sometimes I think that's all it takes. It's just right spot, right time, new voice coming into the locker room. And really the same players are now stepping up and playing better going into the season. In a day and age, Dell, where we see so much action in the transfer portal, Sometimes all it really takes is a new voice for guys to step up and play well. It, it really does. I mean, when I look at the roster, I didn't think the cupboard was bare. Um, to be honest, I couldn't figure out how they went three and nine and gave up, you know, all those points and yards on defense last season. Um, I liked the roster when I looked at it. I looked at Riley Leonard and just his measurables, you know, his height and everything. He just had that look to him. Um, but sometimes it just takes a different voice, a different approach. Um, and also the scheme and using players, uh, utilizing their skill set better. 
Um, and I think you're seeing that an awful lot, especially like taking Jordan Moore, moving him from quarterback to receiver. I mean, he just he adds a dimension to the offense that um, uh, is really, really nice. Yeah, would you say that you're surprised by the success Duke has had through the first four games of the season? I, to be honest, no. I mean, I'm not going to pass myself off as some college football insider expert, but when I looked at them, I thought, and then I looked at the schedule, I thought, this team has a chance to really um, get off to a good start. Uh, I was disappointed about the wings when at Kansas last week, but uh, you know, considering that some of the preview magazines I looked at, some of the predictions I saw, well, thought this team were two and ten. Um, when I looked at the roster, I thought, I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I, I'm not, not surprised at where they are right now. I, I am a little surprised. I don't know that I would have gone all the way in the two and ten direction because you're right. I definitely saw that, but you look at what you saw a season ago and. The fact that offense last year was so reliant on Mateo Durant at that running back spot and that you did have uh, such struggles at the quarterback position over the last few years, it's like, what can this team really be capable of? But now here we are four weeks into the year and looking at the start of the league, playing Virginia when you are, followed by Georgia Tech and North Carolina. These are the three opponents you would want to play to get your conference portion of the schedule started. And now all of a sudden Duke could find themselves in a really comfortable spot as they look to go to a ball game here in year one of Mike Elko. Yeah, this team could possibly um, become ball eligible um, by about the midway point of the season. These next three games are all winnable. Um, you know, there are some growth pains with this program, but I, I think this team is capable of winning all three of those games, um, you know, and getting to a bowl game. I know a lot of people complain that there are too many bowls. There are too many bowls. But the importance of getting to a bowl game is you get that extra practice. You get 15 extra practices, and coaches treat a lot of it like spring practice. They work with the young guys on fundamentals and technique, and you'll see guys take a huge jump from the end of the regular season to that bowl game, a huge jump in ability. Um, so these next few weeks are really important to this team. Let's talk about those next few weeks. Let's talk about the offensive success of this program uh, with Riley Leonard at the quarterback spot. And we'll do that in just a moment after our first time out here on today's show. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. Talking about underdog fantasy, it's awesome. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just Duke, any team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. For example, for quarterbacks, higher or lower than a certain number of passing yards. Running backs, higher or lower than rushing yards. You could break it down half by half. One of the easiest fantasy ways to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. It's Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So deposit $100, you get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Get in on the college football pick'em action today. 
Moving along here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Del Barris from Ball Durham. We're talking about Duke, talking about the quarterback spot, and Riley Leonard steps in and has been the starter for Duke through the first four games of the year. Only had one start a year ago, had a spot start basically for Gunnar Holmberg, and he's been really dynamic through the first four games of the year, Dell. I'm very impressed with Riley Leonard. Um, the first thing I looked at that I wanted to see in the Temple game was how would he handle being the starter, the guy. Um, and the moment was not too big for him. You know, a lot of times you'll see young quarterbacks sailing the ball over the place. I mean, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, his first game against Minnesota last year, the first half, the ball was everywhere. Riley Leonard didn't do that. And that really impressed me um, a few times already. I think Riley Leonard can be elite someday. Um, he, he's you know, 6'4". He's got that classic um, pocket passer build to him. Um, his ball placement is what you can't teach. He got a little scatter arm in the second quarter against Kansas, but overall, his ball placement is the kind you can't teach. Um, he seems to have that, that kind of internal clock in his head that a lot of good quarterbacks have to sense pressure and when they need to get rid of the ball. Um, yeah, and he can hurt you with his legs. Yeah, he looks like he's moving real fast, but he's, he's one of those long striders that just chew up your yardage. But uh, I, I, I love Riley Leonard. I, I think I really believe that kid can be elite someday. And then most importantly, he's not turning the football over. You look at Gunnar Holmberg last year for Duke. Chase Bryce two seasons ago had more fumbles than anybody in college football, it felt like. Riley is taking care of the football. Only two interceptions through the first four games this season. And simply enough, when you're not turning the football over, you've got chances of putting points on the board, of finding the end zone at the end of drives and that sort of thing. And for Duke fans over the last few seasons in particular, that in itself has been a breath of fresh air. Forget the passing touchdowns and the 300-yard games. The fact that they're not turning the football over has been amazing. And one of those interceptions, uh, Mike Elko, um, in a halftime interview, said it was a route issue. It wasn't Riley Leonard's fault. It's the wrong route was ran. He is taking care of the football. A lot of times young quarterbacks um, tend to be turnover machines. But, you know, you look at Virginia. Virginia's turning the ball over left and right. Riley Leonard's taking care of the football, and that's exactly what you want a young quarterback to do. Coaches will tell you they love quarterbacks who know when to throw the football, but they like quarterbacks better who know when to not throw the football. Um, and Riley Leonard seems to be doing a very good job of that right now. Let's hope that continues for sure. You mentioned his ability to use his legs. That has been really impressive and added dynamic. We were curious how much we would see Jordan Moore become a factor as sort of the running quarterback like we saw a year ago. But given that he's been so dynamic at wide receiver and given Riley Leonard can move himself, there hasn't been much need to put number eight back under center. With that being said, in talking about the ground game earlier, we talked about the fact that Mateo Durant had the single greatest rushing season in the history of Duke football a year ago. He's graduated. He's moved on to professional career, and now it's been a running back by committee approach from Duke so far this season. I'm really curious, Dale, what has been your take on that running back room? Well, I think that the running back by committee has turned into a running duo. Um, it's really kind of turned into um, Waters and Coleman in the last two weeks. Um, if you look at their numbers, they're averaging together over 100 yards per game. 
which is maybe two, two yards less. I think they're at 101 yards per game. Durant's at 103 yards per game. So you're getting basically the same production, and there's a higher yards per carry with the, both of them. Both of them are well up over five yards a carry. Um, you know, I think it's working well. I think having two instead of three, you know, with Quesmore kind of being the odd man out now, I think having two running backs using a duo instead of three, it allows them to get into a rhythm of the game, um, get the feel of the game much better. But, uh, you know, I, I like both of them. They're both no-nonsense. I'm a big fan of guys like the guy Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, guys that find the hole, get through the hole, and worry about either going to run you over or make a move after they get through the hole. Um, and I think both of those guys do that. I think Riley Coleman um, has really begun to run with his eyes much better than he was early in the season. I, I he just seemed to be running into things once he got through the hole. But now he's seen, I think he's seen things a lot better. But um, I think the, the running back duo is working very well. Um, they may not have gaudy numbers individually, but when you put them together, they're basically on the same pace that Durant was last year. That's a good way to put it. You know, you, you add those totals together, and there hasn't been much of a drop-off. It's just so – um, eye-popping when it is just one player like we saw Durant be able to do last year. The question now becomes, once you get into conference competition, can that same level of production be there? You mentioned both of these running backs, Jalen Coleman and Jordan Waters, being over five yards a carry. Can that happen once you jump into ACC competition? If you were speaking to Duke football fans why do you think that could happen, or is there about to be a little bit of a drop-off in the productivity out of those running backs? What do you think as they jump into ACC play? I don't think you're going to see a big drop-off at all. I think because this offensive line is physical, I think they're good. I think they have some, some depth to them. Um, the two graduate transfers who have come in um, have really helped the depth. Um, but I don't think you're going to see a big drop-off. I mean, they got a battle this week because Virginia's defense is nasty. But, no, I, I don't think we're going to see a big drop-off. That's good to hear. That's yeah, I, I like this yeah, I like this offensive line. Let me say that. I, I felt before the season began it was going to be a strength of this team. It needed to be a strength of this team. Anytime an can give a quarterback time to make things happen, open up holes for running backs, that's a good thing for uh, this Duke football team to have. All right, here we are. We're getting set for Duke and Virginia. We'll get to that preview in just a moment. But I do want to talk about the defense for the Blue Devils. We've got a defensive-minded head football coach in Mike Elko, who was the coordinator at Texas A&M over the last few seasons, stops along the way at Notre Dame and Wake Forest to mention just a few of them. That defensive unit for Duke, what stood out to you? Early in the season, the defensive line, especially the defensive tackles with Dwayne Carter and um, Jamie and Franklin, were just blowing up the middle. I mean, they just they, they wreaked havoc in there. Um, Kansas really controlled them last week and didn't allow them to do that. But the, I, the defensive line really doubted me um, from the early part of the season. I, I like those guys. We had a lot of success at that linebacker spot a year ago with Shaka Hayward in the middle, uh, the leading tackler for the Blue Devils a season ago. He's back. And then the secondary as well, Dell. you talk about a group of guys a little bit unproven, a lot of love so far for what Darius Joyner has been able to do as such a dynamic player on the defensive side of the football. But I look at a game like Northwestern where Ryan Holinsky attempts 60 pass attempts, 20 more than he'd ever thrown in a college football game prior, 
And that secondary had to be out there all game long, defending pass after pass after pass. And it really felt like they lived up to that challenge. I thought they did a really good job. I thought they did a good job of, for one thing, the pass rush and the defensive line really forced Northwestern to run the ball. It forced Northwestern to throw it that much. And I thought they did a very very good job of making him throw the ball short. Um, You know, they they weren't really able to throw the ball down the field very much. But I think the secondary did a very good job. I think they're going to run into better passing games as we go along. And and that's when I think you're really going to see them tested. Um, You know, but so far, so good with them. Um, You know, things got a little sloppy last week with tackling giving up too many extra yards, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think this group has struggled in the least. They worry me a little bit because, like I said, I, I think we're going to see better passing games than we've seen so far. And we'll see a good passing offense from a season ago in the Virginia Cavaliers. Brennan Armstrong hasn't quite lived up to those numbers so far this season. We'll have a little bit more on that in our final segment here on Locked on Blue Devils. But first, let's take a quick timeout. You want to make sure that Locked On ACC is your second listen today. Get more on the conference by making Locked On ACC your second listen and second watch every single day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of the Locked On community, like myself, take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen each and every day. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Del Barris. He's on Twitter at River Buckeye. And I must ask, Ball Durham is the one-stop shop for all of your Duke football and men's basketball needs. Tell us about some of the stories you've written recently, Del, and what folks can find from you and your coverage of Duke. Um, this week I talked about um, preparing for wet weather. You know, we don't really know what Saturday is going to be like um, right now. It looks like it, it may stop raining early in the morning, but things can change. Preparing for wet weather. Um, I talk, talked about um, the defense that the Blue Devils are going to be facing and just, you know, the turnaround of that Virginia defense. They're nasty. They get after you. Um, also, there has been – I'm trying to think of what I wrote. talked about, you know – dealing with the Virginia offense and how they've struggled as far this year and, and what the Blue Devils need to do to make them continue to struggle. You know, the, don't let that sleeping giant awaken because, you know, they put up some points last year. But uh, basically just a lot of uh, looking at Virginia this week. Balldurham.com. Go check out all of the great work over there. And we've talked a lot about Virginia this week so far with Drew Carter from the ACC Network and Talked about it a little bit earlier in the week with Josh Cox on the program as well. You look at these two teams, Tony Elliott being the offensive-minded head coach that he is, former offensive coordinator for Clemson, and he's got the leading returning passer and Brennan Armstrong at that quarterback spot. I ask you, Duke-Virginia football game preview, what's the one big storyline, what's the one big point that you think is going to help determine the winner of this football game? I think can the Duke offense protect offensive line protect Riley Leonard stretch the field stretch the field make sorry Syracuse make Virginia play sideline to sideline end zone to end zone they tend to keep a lot of things in front of them in pass coverage um, put a lot of pressure on the quarterback seem like they compact the offense down don't let them do that if Duke can stretch the field um, 
you know, I, I think that's going to long going to go a long way in helping them win this game. Who are some of those playmakers that you think can help Duke stretch the field? Obviously, Riley Leonard throwing the ball at quarterback, but who are some of those playmakers that uh, folks should be aware of? Well, I think Jordan Moore, you know, we saw him on the jet sweep last week. We saw him try to throw the ball off the jet sweep last week. Unfortunately, that quarterback instinct, instinct kicked in and, and he pulled it down and took off and he didn't see anything. Um, you know, I, I think jet sweeps, quick throws outside the numbers to Calhoun, um, Pankle, who the more I watch him, the more I like him because he brings that physical presence. Um, you know, I think being able to run wide zones with your backs, um, mix that up with some dives and just give them a mixture of things. Um, make them defend the entire field. Don't let them compact the game down. Dell, thanks so much for being on the show, but you know we can't let you go without giving a game prediction for Duke and Virginia. So ultimately, what do you think happens in the football game tomorrow? I think Blue Devils win at 24-13. I I just think Virginia's struggles on offense um, are going to continue. I I think they're having a lot of problems with their scheme and – you know, getting people on the same page. I think their offensive line, quite frankly, has been a mess this year with giving up 12 sacks and 17 hurries. I just think Duke does enough against that defense and limits their offense enough um, to come away with a comfortable win. I love it. I, I think that Duke's on their way to yet another victory this season, their first conference win of the year uh, to start off 1-0 and in the ACC. It's been a whole lot of fun, Dell. This won't be your only visit on Locked On Blue Devils. I'm looking forward to having you on the program again sometime soon. Thanks for taking the time to join us today on the show. Thanks for having me. That's Dell Barris from Ball Durham joining us on the program. Go check out all of their work at Ball Durham and follow him on Twitter at River Buckeye. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Also subscribe on YouTube. The support there means the absolute world to us. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.